Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. I make a date for golf And you can bet your life it rains I tried to give a party And the guy upstairs complains I guess I'll go through life Just catching colds and missing planes Everything happens to me Are you somebody who complains a lot? Do you know somebody who complains a lot? Look, we've always got something to complain about, but it's so easy to become more and more negative as the years go on, especially if we're raised in a culture that's quite negative, the tall poppy syndrome that Australians still battle with. Although it has been getting a lot better, this week it's part two of our segment on abnormal complainers and how it's referred to as a bushfire of complaints, the way it spreads. And we explore it a bit more this week and Ewan also gives us a better way to deal with complainers in general. And there's a bit of help for us as well if we're spiralling downwards into that complain mentality. Ewan works with psychiatric triage in an emergency department and is currently doing his PhD on mental health risk assessment. He recently wrote an article on the identification and management of persistent complainers can I just give you a quick scenario of something mm. that I saw, which probably falls sure. into this category? When I was driving from Melbourne to Adelaide many years ago, um, I took a detour to see this old train station from uh, this heritage listed this train station. And in this tiny town, which had about four houses in it, one of the houses, uh, the woman who owned it, I saw her in the backyard hanging up her uh, washing, actually, an elderly woman. The whole front of the house had butcher's paper, you know, the big white sheets of paper and a message written right across the entire front of the house saying, my husband did this, I didn't do this, he did that, and it was covered the entire front of the house. It's a really interesting in one and you often see those processes where there's been a legal dispute and someone has lost or feel that they've lost and feel that they've been wronged and, you know, they might have lost the case and they feel they're seeking justice and that's the way perhaps that they seek justice or that they get heard through this. So I would sense that there's probably a lot more to it. Obviously not having seen it or not met the person, it's difficult to comment, but certainly I would say that that's something rather extreme, which is you know, often something that the, the abnormal or persistent complainer would do. But at the same time, Chris, she just might be really, really angry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, that might be something too. And outside of that, she might function fairly well. And I guess that's the difference with the, the abnormal or the persistent or the querulous complainant is it just takes over their whole life. So you're calling them a bushfire of complaints. Have you had any cases like that in emergency? Yes, interestingly enough, and it's interesting, I could have seen it coming a mile away and I did at the time. I met a person that came in and obviously I'll de-identify this quite a lot. They came in and they had leg pain and, you know, when I first met with them and we looked at a mental state, the doctor asked me to have a look at the person because they were quite angry and a bit strange. When I met with them, there weren't any delusions. There wasn't any depressive illness or anything like that. And I won't go into the whole mental state examination and, and the history. There was no particular psychiatric history. But this gentleman had pages and pages and pages of complaints. Some of it was his own. Some of it was letters that he got from the Prime Minister's office, actually. Um, others were letters from police and lawyers and health commissioners and you know, he'd had a, an illness some time ago, about three years ago, he had a very significant illness and he felt that it wasn't treated well. And it, you know, in all honesty, it probably wasn't when we talk about the legitimacy of the early complaints. And that had changed his life around. Now, he kept coming back to the emergency department to the point that he would yell at staff, he would write complaints about the staff, 
off because we weren't taking him seriously. We were trying to do everything we could. One day he brought in a video camera and started videotaping us um, when, you know, he, he was being seen. And we obviously refused to see him unless he turned the camera off and we had to get security to escort him. Now, ironically, uh, a friend of mine is a doctor in the emergency department, rang me one day and just said, I'm down at the bus station. This guy's here is creating a scene at the bus station. This was a, a while, you know, off. And then a few weeks later I read, um, in the local paper that police knew him and had actually been put in prison um, on a little-known law because he'd been disturbing and complaining about the neighbours so much. And so you can see how these things can take over someone's life. Sadly, we, we couldn't help him within our system, and I guess that's the thing with the persistent complainers. They don't often seek you know, mental health or psychiatric help appropriately and are usually down a legal recourse for their distress. I never miss a thing I've had the measles and the mum and every time I play this, my partner always drums. I guess I'm just a girl who never looks before she jumps. Everything happens to me. If they do seek help, how can you help them? It's very difficult. You know, the first thing I'd say is, you know, if you're a friend, have limitations, but be caring about it, which I might talk about in a second. And if you happen to work in the business or something like that, I think it would be important to have a senior involved, a senior worker, or share the load. So if you work at a council or a correction centre or anywhere that deals with complaints, um, you know, a call centre, for example, have someone senior onto it. It's very important that the person or the persistent complainer, if I can pathologise, feels heard. So the first time you deal with them, it's really important to hear the complaint. Make methods of complaining really clear and easy. Chris, there was a case where a letter bomb was sent to the tax office by a gentleman and, and the judge said, look, the methods of complaint are so complicated, can't you make it easier? Obviously, the letter bomb was not excused, but it was found that that was a contributing factor or a risk factor in the violent episode that happened with the, the letter bomb. So make methods of complaining really clear and simple. When you're communicating with a person, be, be straight to the point, Chris. Um, make sure you understand what is being said and that they know that you understand. So make sure that they're being heard. Be extremely transparent and clear. You can put things in writing so that your agreements are not misunderstood later down the track. Set clear limits and write them down on how often you might see them or talk with them about the complaints. You know, if they're not happy with how you're seeing them, you can give them methods of appeal or if you're a friend, give them other options of who they might be able to talk to as well. Now, any offer of psychological help is likely to be resisted because, as I mentioned, Chris, they're usually within the corrections or legal setting. But what I'd say to a friend um, or to a worker is saying something like, you know, this sounds like this legal problem is really upsetting and maybe you can talk with a professional about it, you know, or maybe you can take some medication. It'll help you wind down so you can face the legal action a little better. That might get a, a good response. Now, Chris, uh, being a saviour, doing absolutely everything is, is a bit problematic because there's no, we call it pressure of suffering, where they don't feel that pressure of suffering. There's more and more complaints from the person and that bushfire, as we mentioned, so it can foster a dependency and it just seems to be more. So being a saviour never really works. Um, try not to be 
too judgmental and be aware that, you know, there are legitimate complaints in there sometimes. Um, but keep the complaint in perspective. A lot of these people might, you know, a mistake might have happened. You know, it might be a friend and you've done something wrong and they'll start thinking it's a conspiracy. But just wind it back. Explain exactly what happened and how you happened and how you went about resolving it. I think it's important if it's a friend um, or you're a worker to, to have very clear goals and very clear outcomes and keep them realistic. Um, and if your friends model really good behaviours as well, so keep calm. They're likely to get upset or agitated, but, you know, just be, be, be cool, baby, as we say, Chris. Um, you know, stick to the agreed times that you've met with them or that you're going to catch up with them for coffee or whatever it is. So you're saying being an example to them? Yeah, I mean that just maintain professional and courteous behaviours. If you start to yell, the message gets lost and then they'll have a legitimate complaint. If you're a worker, they'll just say, they yelled at me. Yeah. And it's true, they yelled at you. You have to apologise, you're on the back foot. And if you're a friend just modelling that behaviour of being calm and relaxed and setting limits on it and things like that are important. Definitely limits. But also, Chris, if you're a friend, going out and seeing them for lunch is you know, it's just open for someone to be, you know, showing you all their correspondence and things like that. If you're going to have lunch with them or afternoon tea, beforehand go, look, there's lots to talk about. There's, there's more to your life than this. Let's just spend 30 minutes on it um, and then move on in a caring way, of course, and, and say that you're doing that because you care for them. You don't want to see them suffer all the time. Um, and that's why you're setting those limits. And maybe you could encourage them also to take up some physical activity when you're not with them or maybe when you're going out with them, say, let's go for a walk instead. Or better yet, maybe go something like to the movies or see a DVD where it doesn't really give that extensive opportunity to complain. So, and don't say, you know, yes to things that are unreasonable. And, and look, if you are going to, if they do get a little bit hard and you're going to disengage, if you're a therapist or a worker or work in a call centre, do it over time and do it caring. You know, give it a follow-up call to them or something like that. And same if you're a friend. Try not to just suddenly, you know, offload and maybe just kind of like peter out a little bit and let them know that it's happening. Um, don't make it too much of a surprise on them because they'll, they'll get very distressed about it. And Chris, can I wind up by saying sometimes these are just general tips for helping someone that might complain a lot. So we don't want to, as I mentioned, we don't want to over-pathologise complaining, you know, but we talk about sometimes where it gets to a huge point where it ruins your life. But we do have friends that sometimes do tend to complain a lot, for example. Maybe use some of these strategies that we've spoken about today and it might be useful in that, but, but don't label them. Wow. Sounds like a pretty stressful job that you have dealing with uh, all of the different issues of human nature. Um, how do you wind down? Chris, I think it's important in life to have a, a good balance, be mentally healthy and watch Star Trek as much as you can. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us. Mate, it's always a pleasure. Take care. I'm going to call the Weather Bureau now and complain that it was raining today. <laughs> now write to them and underline everything. Thanks for that. I've telegraphed and phoned. I've sent an airmail special to your answer was goodbye And there was even posters due I fell in love just once And then it had to be with you Everything happens to me Ewan is a specialist from the psychiatric triage department of a Melbourne hospital. As we said at the beginning, some things we need to complain about to make right and there's a right way to go about it. The Bible also makes a very apt suggestion. In Philippians 4, chapter 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. 
and I'm sure that means our complaints as well. And it goes on to say, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Light and Life, the Salvo's weekly radio show.